0: We've asked a few people in the church who um, have a kind of track record of hearing God and, um, and, and, and sharing the prophetic to, to uh, we asked them just before Christmas to pray, uh, to seek God over the Christmas period. And to come today, um, just to share what they feel God is saying to us as a church. Uh, for this coming year, you know, traditionally, uh, you know, in our culture, this is the time of year when we start to think about the next year. We think about the future. We think about what's coming next. And we just thought it'd be a really great way to start the year um, in that place, just seeking God, hearing God, hearing what God's got to say to us as a church. And prophecy is, is three dimensional, isn't it? It's three dimensional. God, there are, pro- there are pro- there's promises in the Bible that are for the, the church, all of the church, all of us, all of the time. And then God sometimes speaks to us as a body, as a a local church, gives us promises. And we know that that shaped us as a a body of people and it's it's directed us um, over the years that Jubilee has been growing and developing. But also God speaks to us individually, doesn't he? He speaks to us about what he he wants us to do, the part that he wants us to play uh, in all of that. So we've asked a few people to share and you'll see it's very exciting. It's very exciting because this... Morning, we've already cleared the ground. We've, we've made those declarations um, already about, actually, we believe that God's got good things for us. He's got good plans for us um, ahead this year. And we've made those declarations. It feels almost like worship uh, has kind of been clearing the ground, ready to receive those promises um, now. And these guys haven't been conferring, but they've kind of given me a synopsis of what they want to share. And it's interesting, but not surprising, is it, that actually there's a lot of overlap actually what God's saying to each one of them. There's a, there's a, there's a, there, there are some consistent themes coming through, um, as we'd expect. So we just want to make some space to do that um, this morning. I, I, you happy with that? Yeah. You happy with that? Good. I thought you would be. Um, so just a few things, just on the prophetic, because you know, we're all coming from different places. The first thing to say is that we are all prophetic, aren't we? We are prophetic people. I don't know if you know that about yourself, but if you're a Christian, if you're a follower of Jesus, you are a prophetic person. You know, when Peter had his revelation of who Jesus was, Jesus said... Who do, people say, who do you say I am? And Peter says, well, you're the Messiah. You're the Son of God. Jesus didn't say, great, you've worked it out. He said, no. He said, that hasn't been revealed to you by people, by flesh and blood, but by my Father in heaven. It's a revelation. So if you're a Christian, if you know who Jesus is, if you're a follower of Jesus, you are a prophetic person because that comes by revelation, prophetic revelation. And also the promise in Joel. We know that that's a famous promise, isn't it? That actually the day was, you know, that he prophesied the day was coming when um, God would pour out his spirit on all people. It wouldn't just be for a select few, but it would be for all people. And that um, it says that uh, when he pours out his spirit on, on all people, his sons and his daughters will prophesy. Anyone here who isn't a son or daughter, we're all sons, we're all daughters of someone. Um, and on, on all sons and daughters, um, all sons and daughters will prophesy. Um, but prophesy, prophecy in the New Testament, it's a spiritual gift. It's a gift. It's not like the Old Testament. The Old Testament prophets, um, they kind of predicted the future, didn't they? they? They spoke the direct, unedited word of God. And so much so that it became scripture. It was the word of God. But in the New Testament, we don't, we don't see that, actually. Uh, prophecy in the New Testament, the Greek, "prophetes," it, uh, it means a message, a supernatural revelation. Um, and uh, Paul tells us doesn't he uh, in, uh, in, in Corinthians that actually we know in part and we prophesy in part we, we don't get the unedited word for word verbatim um, word of God as New Testament Christians but we, we get an impression we get um, a sense of what God is doing and what God is saying and we prophesy in part so sometimes you know it's spot on and sometimes actually we get it wrong and that's okay we believe um, that that's okay to make mistakes don't we As a church, one of our one of our cultural distinctives that we have up on the wall is courage. We encourage each other to be courageous, to step out to take risks, and that means that when we get it wrong, we applaud we applaud that person um, not for getting it wrong, but we applaud them for stepping out and taking a risk and having a go. And um, so, um, yeah, we don't believe that 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 um, prophecy is the verbatim word of God, but it's it's something that we low it's a spiritual gift that we that develops and grows um, with practice. Okay, and, and obviously the, the, the point of, of prophecy, uh, Paul, Paul tells us um, in, in 1 Corinthians 14, is that so everyone may be instructed and encouraged. So the point of this morning is to instruct us, to give us some some sense of what, what God is doing amongst us, but also to encourage us, to lift us, to build faith. Okay. Um, so as you get ready to hear, hear these guys, hear what they're they're um, going to share, um, how should we handle that? How should we, how should we handle that prophecy? Well, the first thing, and I don't need to tell you Jubilee, again, it's up on the wall, but it's something that, that, that we're really good at, is that we honour these guys. We honour them for who they are. We honour them for um, the effort, the, the time that they've put in, seeking God, praying over Christmas. Um, but we also honour the gift that God's given them, the, the, the gift that God's invested in them as well, don't we? And we, we receive them with expectation. So I'm sure, sure you will. But one Thessalonians 5 also tells us that we do not tr- uh, we do not treat prophecies with contempt, but test them all. Hold on to and hold on to what is good. Well, how do we do that? Well, um, we do that by coming with an open heart, coming with expectation, receiving the person and receiving the gift. Um, but we also test. We, we, um, we test it against Scripture, don't we? So we're not having a traditional preach today. That doesn't mean that we put prophecy over the word of God. Um, but it means that we, but scripture values and, and, and prophecy. And, and um, it just means that we, um, when we receive the prof- prophecy, we, we test it against scripture, don't we? We, we? we make sure that it's biblical, what people are sharing are biblical. And, and don't worry, I'm not expecting anything unscriptural, unbiblical. I'm sure you're, you're not either. Um, uh, but also, we don't just do that. When we test prophecy, um, we, we get a sense, don't we? A, a, a get a sense of whether it, or not it resonates with us, don't we? You know, Again, as I said, we're prophetic people. And often it will resonate with things that God has been saying to us already, or saying to the church already. And you know, Jesus said, my sheep know my voice. So actually, when God's speaking, we get that sense of, uh, you know, that, that, that it kind of resonates, we get that sense of, oh, yeah, we kind of hear God speaking through it. Um, And also the big one is that obviously when we hear it, um, it 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 creates faith. It births faith in us as well, Um, and that's what the Bible says that faith comes by hearing, hearing the word of God. So as we hear it, expect faith to rise in your hearts. So without further ado, let's um, let's welcome so um, Helen, Esther, Richard, want to come and share, and um, Becky, there you are. so, can we just honour these guys? Can we just welcome them? I think. Let's just receive them. And, um, you know, many of you will have benefited from their gifts already, either in a corporate sense or in a personal sense. So, let's receive them. So, Helen, I think this mic's working. Happy New
1: Year. Happy New Year. By the way, what an amazing summary. Thank you, Steve, about, you know, what prophecy is and just, wow, amazing. I'd struggle to summarise it like that. Um, so I was asking God over Christmas, you know, uh, getting a sense of for the new year. Um, and actually before I was asked, I was just getting this amazing sense of excitement about the year ahead, which doesn't always happen, I have to say. Sometimes it's been a sense of, oh, gosh, this year could there could be, you know, stuff This year, I was just getting this amazing sense of excitement and felt like God said to me, "Um, what you're feeling is my excitement. I am excited about this year ahead. I was like, yes, this is great. Not just for me personally, but for us as a family as well, as a church. Um, And then he started talking to me about change. So if you take away one thing from this bit, Um, It's about change, I think. I was getting from Ecclesiastes, there is a time for everything, you know, and a season for every activity under the heavens, you know, and it goes through. It lists, doesn't it, lots of different activities in there. And I felt like God was saying, you know, one thing you can be sure about is change will come. Because he's always on the move, that's what he's like. And so if we're in step with him, we can expect change to come. Um, But what I feel he wants us to do is to position ourselves for change um, in a positive way. Because we know he's good. Um, So not to be going, oh, okay, change is coming like this. But yay, change is coming because we know what he's like. Bring it on type of attitude. So it's about our attitude. Knowing that Jesus is the same yesterday, today and forever. So he's our solid place our rock our anchor so we can ready ourselves and expect change in um you know in a positive way um and about not doing just what we've been doing for the sake of it because that's what i've always done that's what i do but actually embracing and being open to new things so listen um be brave trust him and get in kind of in step with his excitement because he's got some amazing adventures blessings challenges surprising surprises um changes change for us as a church i think there's going to be some big ones but let's go yay bring it on and be in that position of he's good and we trust him and we're excited about the changes that he's got for us
2: I'm glad that she just brought that because I think that's going to prepare some people for what I'm about to say. Um, I felt God say um, that it's not insignificant that we all come from areas and gather together, areas that are labelled as the heart of England um, because he wants to reveal his heart for England through us and to us this year. Um, And then I started kind of thinking, well, what's in God's heart? Um, And actually, I think it was about this time last year or maybe even the year before, I really felt God speak to me about revealing a deeper sense of his love for us um and in one in corinthians just before corinthians 13 with the bit about love he talks about the different spiritual gifts paul does and then he says but now i'm going to show you the most excellent way and then he goes into his famous bit about love Um, and i feel like god's taken us on that journey but there's more to come and actually kind of like phase two is as we understand his love it brings a joy so i felt that for this year um joy was really going to be significant for us um Understanding the joy of the Lord as strength, and understanding that as we know how much He loves us, we can be joyful um, not just happy, but joyful and secure. And I actually feel this is all a bit off the cuff, so Steve might not know because it kind of came to me this morning. I feel like, particularly for the young people, so if you were born around the turn of the century, around 20, you know, if you're 20 or less, I feel like in our society. Teenagers are caricatured as not very joyful, a bit moany. (laughs) And joy is a secure thing, and teenagers are often said, oh, it's an insecure time, you don't know who you are. But I actually feel like God would say, he wants you to show us as a church what joy means, and to show your generation, who perhaps don't have much hope because you know house prices are way beyond them, and jobs and all the rest. He wants you to show your generation, and to show us and teach us joy. Um, And I feel like your message about change is preparing the rest of us because I think you, need, you guys need to step out and start using some of your giftings, which is going to bring change that we need to be comfortable with um, our creative gifting particularly because there 's a creativity in your young people and you under, and in gifts that allow you to communicate and will allow us as a church to communicate to this generation that we don't necessarily have. So if you if you're good with film, music, words, go for it. I really want to encourage you because I think God is going to use you to teach us. That's going to bring some change. I have got another one but I don't need to bring it. That's too much. <laughs> yeah. What
0: would be great to do actually. My my on? Yeah. Well, it'd be great to do because, you know, the Bible says that two or three should prophesy and then these should have a t- time to kind of weigh that and test that and process that. So wouldn't it be great just to, ha- to t- just to pause there and just to respond to those words? Yeah. So why don't we stand together? OK, why, so let's just start off. Why don't you just, you know, so that, that word from Helen, you know, God's calling us to position ourselves for change. Mm-hmm. You know, change is, ne- is never easy um, and you know, it's a bit frightening so, but let's, you know, let's just offer ourselves to God and just say, yeah, Lord, we know that you're on the move, that you're about something. And I'm ready to position myself to change. Position yourself in your heart to go with God on this journey. Yeah, let's just pray out together. Um, let's just, just speak to him, tell him, offer, offer that to him, offer your heart to him. Yes, Lord. Lord, we thank you, Lord. that. Yes. Right, why don't you just turn to someone next to you? If you would like more joy, if you like more joy, then um, why, don't you just, um, why don't we just pray for one another, for more joy. Maybe you're one of those people that Alison was speaking about who felt like you've been in a bit of a fog and you need that light to cut through. Um, why don't we just pray for one another? Um, some of us, can we pray for the young people? Would you mind that, young people? We pray for you. Um, uh, those that are under 20, sorry, <laughs> <laughs> um, and those who are in, the, in the, if, you, if you're if you're in a, if you're creative in a creative industry, put your hand up. So if you want more joy, put your hand up. If you're a young person under 20, put your hand up. If you're in, if you're in the in the arts or you're creative, you're involved in the creative in creative industry, put your hands up. Okay, why, great. Why why don't a few of us lay hands on these on these guys? And the rest of us as well, that, that, that word about the heart of England, expressing God's heart for England. Let's just pray for one another now. <laughs> Amen. Mm-hmm. Amen. Do you want to start? Join your join your prayers to a close. It's always good when you can't get people to stop praying.
3: It's a,
0: it's a wonderful thing. yeah, so Richard,
3: do you want to share? So I was a, a latecomer to, uh, to, to this team this morning, so thanks, Steve, to uh, allow me to share. And so what God has been saying over the... Um, well, not just the last, over Christmas, but over the last the last year, is God is a God who builds and he extends and increases. And um, just through talking to people in the, in the church, I don't think it's any... It's not a coincidence that a number of people have been carrying out quite substantial building to their own houses. But not just building on the same footprint but extending and increasing um, lounges and whatever has been going on and um, to um, make, make the, houses, the ha- houses bigger. And I think there's something prophetic in that about how God is wanting to build for the, coming, for the coming year. He's not just going to build on the same footprint as he's had for 2017. There's going to be an increase and an extension of what God is wanting to, to build. But that doesn't come without its challenges, which I'm sure people that have been building know that challenges and hiccups come, 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 come along. And uh, the story of um, uh, Nehemiah is, is a great example of how um, God, God built or God used the people to rebuild the wall um, whilst they were being challenged, and one of the, the funniest examples of the way they were opposed was the, the enemy came and said, "Look, even if a fox stood on the wall, it's going to fall over." Mocking what they are wanting to do, and there will be challenges. That's not necessarily a huge way encouraging, but it's it's part of what God is saying. There will be challenges, and people, and the enemy will oppose what he's wanting to do. Not just here in Sullyhol, but in other towns around. But God is wanting to build, and three keys from uh, uh, Nehemiah's story that I think God wants us to really take, to take, to take hold of, that he encouraged the people there, is first thing, they had each other's backs. When they were building and, and, and rebuilding the wall, they weren't just doing it alone. They had each other's backs, and we need to have each other's backs in the coming year, as we extend and as God works, we've got to be praying for each other, we've got to be supporting each other, we've got to be meeting together, we've got to be standing together, celebrating when things are going well and standing strong when challenges hit. So we need to be having each other's backs. The second, the second, second thing with the people as they built, they built with the tools that they, they had, with the gifts that they, they had, but they had a sword in their hand. It's not just about using our gifts and talents that God has given us. We need to hold on to the word of God and keep that firmly in, in our hands. We don't lose the word of God as we're building. This is, the word of God is going to be key and crucial for what we're doing. And the third and the final, the fi- the final thing that, um, that God did for the, the people is that he, re- he reminded them of who was in control. And he said, I'll, I'll finish with this. This is what um, Nehemiah said to the people. He says, "Do not be afraid. Do not be afraid, but remember the Lord who is great and awesome, and fight for your brothers and your sons and your daughters, your wives and your homes. God has got some walls to build. He's got some new walls to build. He's got some restoration to do in the coming year. He's in control. Let's have each other's backs, and let's hold on to the word of God in that.
2: I just felt this morning as we were singing that song with the decorations, God reminded me of Zechariah 9. Um and so it says, as for you also, because of the blood of my covenant with you, I will set your prisoners free from the pit. Return to your stronghold, O prisoners of hope. Today I declare that I will restore to you double. For I have bent Judah as my bow, and I have made Ephraim its arrow. And I will wield you like a warrior's sword. And um, it was the bit of prisoners of hope, really. And I was a bit like, God, what are you saying through that? And I feel like there are people here who have we kind of, it's the start of the year, and we all talk about hope. And you feel like a prisoner of hope because of disappointment. Um, You think, I can't hope again, because there might be disappointment in 2018. Um, But I just felt God say, because of the blood of my covenant with you, I will set you free. And in 2017, you may have felt like God was bending you like a bow and making you into an arrow. And there was a lot of shaping, which was painful. And I think it's particularly poignant that it he says Judah and Ephraim, that it was, they were like two tribes. And we've got people in our church from different places and have come and gathered from different churches. But he's brought them together. He brings Je- Judah as his bow and Ephraim as the arrow. And in that shaping and in that, it, it's a bit, some of it's been painful. But it's, it's God molding a weapon. And then it goes on to say, "Then the Lord will appear over them, and His arrow will go forth like lightning. He will sound the trumpet and march forth. the Lord of hosts will protect them, and they shall devour and tread down the sting soes. they shall drink and roar as if drunk with wine, and be full like a bottle and I just came back again to that sense of being joy, of joy being the weapon, and that now God shaped us as a weapon, he shaped the bow and arrow, and he 's going to fire that arrow like lightning. And it's going to be like we're drunk. (laughs) And we're roaring with drunkenness. (laughs) So be prepared to get drunk in the spirit this year.
4: (laughs) Hello, good morning. Um, So I... um... I guess as I was praying over Christmas um, if I'd just share with you the context of what I was praying um, so I, I think around October time um, I read some verses in Genesis 26 um, that I felt were for us as a church um, and um, I was very encouraged because I didn't actually share them publicly but the morning that I'd read those verses um, Esther shared them um, so if I just remind you you might remember um, it's basically the, the context is where um, the Philistine have envied Isaac's wealth Um, and so um, there were these wells that were dug um, in Abraham's time and the Philistines came and they filled in these um, wells with earth Um, and Genesis 26 18 then says Isaac reopened the wells that had been dug in the time of his father Abraham which the Philistines had stopped up after Abraham died and he gave them the same name his father had given them um, and I just felt that thing about wells was just continually to be significant as we went into 2018 um, and so really since I guess I first read that I've been asking God what are the wells that he wants to reopen um, so over Christmas as I've, I've prayed for us um, I felt that God led me to a couple of passages that were to do with um, not just standing water but flowing water so Isaiah 35 and Psalm 84 um, and I felt like the reopening of the wells was linked to perhaps areas that we consider uh, wilderness so just off the back of what Esther said you know areas of disappointment maybe um, areas that maybe we used to step out in um, but for whatever reason we haven't for a while um areas that we've wanted to see breakthrough in but we haven't um, maybe unrealized dreams so linking to that that thing about disappointment um, and, and I just felt specifically in um, Isaiah 35 um, so verses 6 and 7 it says Um, water will gush forth in the wilderness and streams in the desert the burning sand will become a pool the thirsty ground bubbling springs and actually just before that as I was reading around it um, I felt it was quite significant that it was preceded by the beginning of verse six which says then the eyes of the blind will be opened and the ears of the deaf death unstopped. The lame will leap like a deer and the mute tongue shout for joy. And I actually felt like these streams in in the desert um, would be in the context of the miraculous um, and seeing the miraculous break out um, in greater measure in 2018. Um, I felt like we would take um, new new steps for the kingdom in this in 2018 and I also felt like, as I was thinking about this, the biggest miracle actually is when we see somebody step from um, the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light um, and that's the miracle that we are to prioritise above all others um, and then, just finally, um, following on from that re- reading about the streams in the desert, um, I was reading psalm eighty four um, and I was reminded so um, verses five to six particularly it says, um, "Blessed are those whose strength is in you, whose hearts are set on pilgrimage." So again, thinking about what Helen said about that you know god 's on the move, that pilgrimage, and then this bit, as they pass through the valley of Bacca, they make it a place of, str- of springs. Um, And I was just reminded that Bacca, the valley of Baccha, means the valley of weeping and how as people of God's presence, um, he takes us into wilderness places and that's okay because he does that um, in order to make them a place of springs. So to be expectant of that in all the places that God puts us in 2018.
0: Thank you guys so much. That's so helpful. Okay, Um, I just want to add something. Uh to that and then hopefully that will lead us into a little bit more prayer. You got you okay? Good. Yeah, you ready? You want you okay, you ready to pray a bit more? Yeah, yeah good. So alright, you get a get a cake and a and a cup of coffee at the end, so. <laughs> My phone is telling me to go to bed. It says time for bed. It says go to bed to get full nineteen hours sleep. <laughs> Sounds good. <laughs> Strange phone iPhone updates, eh? Um, let me add my... Yeah, so um, let me just share what I felt. Um, uh, one of the things that I felt God was saying uh, for us. And that was that, you know, so at the, at the start of the year, I wanted to go back to Joshua. I wanted to go back to that point where the Israelites went into the land. You know, that's a great place, you know, for that's a great kind of New Year's kind of scripture, isn't it? You know, going into the into the, into the the land. And, um, you know, I looked at, that, at the promise that, God gave Joshua as they, as, as they were about to cross uh, um, into, into the promised land. And he said, you know, I'm going to give you, you know, that, that famous, famous verse that we love so much. We're going to give you every place where you set your feet. Wherever you go, it's going to be yours. You know, wherever you dare to go, wherever you dare to tread, that's, that's going to be your land. It's going to belong to you. And he tells J- Joshua, be strong and be courageous probably because he wasn't feeling very strong and courageous at the time, and he needed to hear that. Be strong and courageous. Um, you're leading God's people into their inheritance. It's the inheritance I swore to give them. It was, it's something that's been promised. It's something that God has promised himself, and God doesn't lie. And he told them, obey the law. Be strong and courageous. Don't be afraid. Don't be discouraged. And why, why, why don't be afraid? Why don't be discouraged? And, and this, is the, this is the crux of, the crux of it. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. God is with you wherever you go. So you don't need to be discouraged. You don't need to be afraid. You can be strong. You can be courageous. And wherever you go, there's victory. And as I looked at that and thought of that, I was was reminded of the parallels between that and actually what Jesus said to his disciples. When Jesus was taken up to heaven, just before he, he left his disciples on earth with this mission of taking the gospel out to the ends of the earth, what did Jesus say to them? He said, all authority has been given to me, therefore go, go in my authority. This is in Matthew 28. And he says, go, therefore make disciples, make disciples, teaching them to obey um, all of my commands. Go out, make disciples, make followers of me. Um, and, 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 and what does Jesus say? The parallel here um, with, with what God said to Joshua, surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. Surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. The same thing, you know, the same message to us. We don't need to be afraid about this next season. We don't need to be discouraged. Actually, we can step out wherever we go, wherever we dare to tread. We can have victory. It will be our land and why, do we, why can we go out with courage? Why can we go out with such certainty? Um, why do we n- not need to fear? Because Jesus is with us. Surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. And that's the encouragement. And as you know, we've been reminded today that um, God is on the move. God is on the move. And that, that verse, it's funny, when Becky tech, uh, emailed me about what she was feeling, and she said, she quoted that verse, and blessed are those whose hearts are set on pilgrimage. I was reading that psalm at the very time that she emailed me. Blessed are those whose hearts are set on pilgrimage. Actually, those who are who are, who, are, who are saying, yeah, we're not we're not willing to kind of settle to stay here. God has so much more for us if we would dare to step out. If we would dare to walk out, God will give us whatever we tread, wherever we tread, wherever we set our feet. And you know, in that psalm, where the where the psalm is saying um, you know, they, they want to go on a pilgrimage, Psalm 84. What they're saying is, um, we want to get to the temple of God. There's a place far away, there's a temple where God's presence dwells. We really want to go there. You know, you know the birds that nest in that temple are lucky because they're close to the altar. We want to be there. We, we want to set out, we want to journey there. But actually for us as Christians, you know, so, you know, so for, for the Old Testament, God's people were called in to Jerusalem. And it just struck me, actually, what did Jesus say to his disciples? He said, um, you know, you're going to go, you're going to take, you're going to take the gospel from Jerusalem to Judea, Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Actually, the pilgrimage was in reverse as far as Jesus was concerned. He said, go out, go out from Jerusalem, don't come into Jerusalem, go out to Jerusalem, take my gospel, take my presence out to the ends of the earth because that's that's what we are aren't we we are the people of god we are the temples of the holy spirit and wherever we go wherever we pilgrimage we take his presence with us out to the ends of the earth and you know wherever we go so that verse they tr- they walk through the valley of baca baca means weeping as you walk through the valley of baca we turn it into a place of blessing a place where there's rain rain in the old testament is blessing and uh, a place of pools a place where there's water refreshment um, outbreaks of his holy spirit so i just want to encourage you for us at this at this stage you know so we've heard god's calling us to build in unity not just to build on this footprint but to extend to go out he's calling us to step out uh, out into the miraculous and those around us you know this is going to be a season of the miraculous it's going to be a season of taking his presence taking his gospel out to those around us to this community I was really encouraged as well that Richard was saying, actually, not just for this town, but for other towns around us. You know, what, what Esther was sharing with us, the heart of England, you know, because God wants to show his heart for England through us. Um, gonna take that, we're going to take that presence out to the communities around us. So, yeah, and actually, you know, because I was reminded of something that Paul Norris, a very trendy Paul Norris, um, shared, um, when he spoke about Jericho, I don't know if you remember, he said something that really stuck with me. He said, um, actually, the, when when, they, when the walls of Jericho fell, that wasn't the breakthrough. The breakthrough had already come when God had promised it to them. Yes. And actually, that what they were doing was taking their inheritance. And I thought, I've never, I've, I've always seen, you know, seen that as, as a kind of breakthrough. But actually, that's the truth. Actually, the breakthrough had already come because God had already promised it. And it's the same for us. So, we're, you know, just as... God sent Joshua into the land uh, to lead the people into their inheritance. Actually, we're standing here ready to take our inheritance. Yeah, and it's, just, it's a case of going out and, and taking what's ours, what belongs to us, what's been given to us, and not being intimidated by the devil. Yeah, so, you know, I can't, someone just said, didn't they, about um, Jesus building their church. Oh, maybe it was you, Richard. You know, actually, we're called to build. Actually, Jesus said, I will build my church. The gates of hell will not prevail against it. Actually, I don't know about you, but I grew up with a real Zulu mentality. You know the film Zulu? Where, you know, you've got like 100 people, 100 soldiers in their red coats in this little building surrounded by an enemy that's out to destroy them, and they're trying to hold out. And I went to a church in the middle of a council estate, and I felt, you know, that's how we felt. We felt like we were this little group of, you know, 50, 60 believers in this rough council estate, surrounded by the enemy, and just holding out for Jesus. Do you know what I mean? Come back, Jesus, soon, please. Rescue us. Yeah. But actually, that's not what Jesus said. Jesus said... You know, I will build my church. The gates of hell will not prevail. Actually, we are the aggressors. The gates of hell, the enemy is the one that's, that's enclosed, entrenched with these gates up. But actually, as we come and as we pull down those strongholds, pull down those gates, actually, we are the aggressor. We're the one that's going to clear out this um, usurper out of, out, of, out of the land that he's, that he's not supposed to be in. So I just want to encourage you. So where Becky was talking about the wilderness, you might feel like you're in the wilderness. You're not in the wilderness. We've crossed over into the promised land. This is an, a time of inheritance. Okay, shall we shall we respond to that? Yes. Amen. Come, uh, <laughs> come on. then, Pam. Pam's waving at me. <laughs> um,
4: I didn't know this was happening today at all, but I've had just in my mind a prophetic word from many years ago at stony bible week 1992 4 something like that um i don't know if any of you were there ken gott was there and he made an amazing gave an amazing prophecy over the new frontiers family of churches that we belong to and i only had two lines of it in my head i know it's in a recording somewhere but it and i've just had this going through my head for the last couple of days and did not know this was happening today and the two lines that i have that I can remember from it, are this. Even that which you have already accomplished, you will measure as nothing compared to that which is yet before you. Amen.
0: So if something's starting to resonate in your hearts, yes? If it's faith starting to lift, starting to build, as we hear what God's saying, why don't we stand together? Church, let's stand together. Let's... let's, um, Let's, if, yeah, let's, let's, let uh, yeah, let's start with ourselves, shall we? So, if you feel like you're, if you, if you feel like you're in, um, you've been in a bit of a wilderness, if there are unrealized dreams that you've put down, promises from God that you've put on the shelf, and, you know, you look at them from time to time, but they've got a bit dusty, and you think, no, yeah, it's time to take those down, it's time to dust those off, if you, if there are gifts that you've stopped using, You know, as Becky was saying, that's kind of awesome. If that's you, why don't you just tug the person next to you and and get them to pray for you? Um, If you, yeah, if you just need a bit of courage, need a bit of faith, yeah, you know, you heard that thing. Be be encouraged. Don't be discouraged. Don't be afraid. Um, Let's just let's, let's just turn to one another. Let's just pray for one another. So if any of those things apply for you, if not, if you're feeling full of faith, full of courage, then great. Then come and pray for me. And, uh, uh, pray for someone else. Okay, let's, let's just, let's just pray, pray for each other for just for two minutes. And then we're going to pray for the heart of England. Let's pray for the heart of England. Let's pray for this nation. If you are from a town, not Solihull. Put up your hand. If you're not from Solihull, so from Birmingham... Bromsgrove, Nuneaton, Warwickshire, Norwich, Nor- Sheringham. K- Sheringham, yeah, oh I love Sheringham, Kenilworth, Kenilworth yeah, where else, Coventry, yay! Yeah. so uh, Birmingham, yeah, Brighton, oh wow, okay, put your hands up in the air, and let's um, just, the rest of us, let's gather. around this is a, this is an act, an act of unity. As we, you know, we're building together in unity. We've got each other's backs. Let's make this a prophetic declaration. We're going to pray for these places. <laughs> let's pray for these places. Let's pray that that these towns will know an outpouring of the Holy Spirit. That these towns will see the miraculous on their streets. That these towns will see people saved and added into churches there. Yeah, let's pray that these towns will, um, will know the impact of the gospel and of God's presence. Um, I've just asked Paul to come and lead us in a kind of a, pr- a prayer of response um, as, we, as we end this time together.
5: Father, I thank you that we serve a God who's alive, a God who speaks to us, a God who cares about us, a God who wants the best for us, a God who, yeah, does take us through the wilderness times, but who does it for our good. And Father, I just pray that as we've heard your voice today, that you will give us wisdom in the way we respond, each one of us, corporately and individually. That we know that as we weigh it, we know what the priorities are, how we respond to you. Father, we want change because we're never content with the way things are. We want to see more people saved and added to your church. We want to see more people set free. We want to see more people added. We want your name to be proclaimed in places where it isn't now. Lord, we believe you promised us that. So we'll take that and we'll run with it. Father, help us to understand our place in that, how we respond to that, what we do to serve you, to follow you. Lord, speak to us more. We want to hear your voice more and more and more. Father, I thank you that this is a place of your presence. It is obvious that you are here. It is obvious that you are with us. And so, Father, I pray we will respond in the right way and that we will follow you with a sense of hope and expectation for what you've got for the year ahead of us. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Amen.